EU ambassadors have agreed in principle on a further package of sanctions against Russia over the war in Ukraine. This 13th round of sanctions is expected to be formally approved on Friday, the second anniversary of the Russian invasion. We've been talking to the EU sanctions envoy, Ireland's David O'Sullivan, about these new sanctions and what they're designed to achieve. This package focuses on, on further limiting Russia's access to military technology, such as for drones and on listing additional companies and individuals who were involved in the war effort. So uh, it is intended to really emphasize uh, our determination to stop Russia from acquiring sensitive Western technology for its military. There'll be an unprecedented number of 194 uh, listings of companies or individuals who are now sanctioned or unable to do business with the EU. Uh, And this brings us to nearly 2,000 listings in in support of Ukraine. So this is the the primary focus of, of this package, which of course, comes on the back of the the 12 other packages where we have uh, sanctioned uh, uh, both financial sanctions and, of course, uh, remarkable trade sanctions covering 60% of what we previously imported from uh, Russia and 55% of what we we previously exported. And one other aspect, it's reported, individuals have been targeted for sanction who are involved in the illegal abduction of Ukrainian children uh, to to Russian-controlled territory. This is, uh, their listings include 15 individuals and two entities who have have been involved in, in this obviously horrendous and, and horrific deportation and military indoctrination of, of Ukrainian children, including in, in Belarus, which is obviously on a human level just hard to hard to imagine how people could do that. It is, David Sullivan, the 13th round now of, of sanctions, many of those, of course, um, in the la- over the last number of years since the, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. But how effective is all of this been? In his recent interview with Tucker Carlson, President Putin described, described these measures as in effective? Well, he would, wouldn't he? I mean, uh, I, I think the, the, the sanctions are having a, a deep and powerful impact on the Russian economy. We just mentioned the access to technology, which Russia is now struggling to, to acquire, uh, forced to turn to Iran or North Korea uh, for, for assistance. We the, the, the revenue of the Russian government is, is heavily affected both by the freezing of the assets. We estimate there's about 400 billion euros uh, no longer available to, to Russia for, for funding this war that then would have been the case. And of course, even though there are still some oil and gas exports and, and there is revenue coming in, uh, what used to be a very healthy government surplus in, in Russia is now turned into uh, a deficit. Russia is now running as a war economy. They're basically 30% of uh, expenditure is going on the military, some 6 to 8% of GDP. And basically, Mr. Putin is cannibalizing his, his country's economy, taking money from education, social welfare uh, research and putting it into the the military machine. He can do this for a certain amount of time, but at a certain moment, uh, it becomes unsustainable. And on the labor market, some of the brightest and best Russians have left, and nearly a million talented young people. And at the lower end of the scale, on the unskilled uh, side, uh, the mobilization has sucked uh, unskilled labor out of agriculture and industry. So there's huge labor market shortages. So the, 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 the prognosis for the Russian economy is not good. But, but as you say, there are those countries he can turn to, Iran and North Korea, and also China. Trade between Russia and China last year was at a record high. 
Well, yes, and and Russia is becoming increasingly dependent upon China, uh, who drives very hard bargains. Uh, and of course, China can supply uh, a certain amount of, of products which were previously bought from the West, but they cannot provide the, the very sensitive Western technology on which the Russian military depended. Part of your job on behalf of the EU um, uh, is to travel uh, around uh, the globe, visiting countries uh, and trying to persuade leaders of governments to, to buy into these sanctions. How- How challenging a task is that? Well, I mean, we we respect the decision of countries who have chosen not to align with our sanctions. We we acknowledge that these sanctions are not UN sanctioned. They're not UN approved because, of course, Russia is a permanent member of the Security Council and was never going to agree to sanctioning itself. So they are, in that sense, unilateral, even if they are imposed by an impressive international coalition of the G7 plus Australia, uh, New Zealand, South Korea and other allies. But uh, we mainly argue that countries don't want to be a platform for circumvention, which is bad for the reputation of their industry. And more importantly, most of them do not want to be party to sending to Russia uh, sensitive technologies and pieces of equipment which could be used in, in the war machine. And many of the countries I've been to have actually stopped uh, that, that export to Russia. EU sanctions envoy David O'Sullivan speaking to us earlier.